Today on CityCast Boise, it's Friday, and I've got my bestie and Boise State Public Radio host, George Prentice, with me to debrief the news. We're talking stargazing, yet another city council seat appointment, and why the police union is endorsing Mike Masterson for mayor. Plus, I shame George because he still hasn't watched Barbie. It's Friday, August 4th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, George. So good to have you back. It's great to be back. How are you, Emma? I'm good. I'm uh, already sick of the smoke, but I guess I should, like, prepare myself, right? We are in for it. Yeah, it looks like this is going to be an awful month, as it isn't already for some people. Um, But uh, the new normal, yeah? Yeah, the new normal. I guess, you know, we got spoiled this year. July and June weren't smoky, and now it's like, oh yeah, I guess this is just August, September, and sometimes October now. So, well, let's start with something, uh, a really fascinating interview you did earlier this week with author and neuroscientist Dr. Lisa Genova. Oh, she, I loved her. She was so great. I guess what interested me initially is that they consider her the Michael Crichton of neuroscience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which is to say she writes best-selling fiction with insight into what her characters may be going through. And I guess the most famous uh, piece of fiction that she had, a big bestseller, was turned into a pretty good movie, Still Alice, which went on to win Julianne Moore her Oscar. Yeah. Did you see that? Did you like that? I did. I, it turns out that I was at the premiere, and I oh. remember Lisa Genova being at that premiere because you never know when your book is going to be adapted you know, with any amount of success, but uh, she was very pleased and well, she should be. I think I was expecting a movie of the week. I, I, you know, by then I had lost count of how many films I had seen about people with Alzheimer's or memory loss, et cetera. So whenever films can bust through that trope, I think that's a really good thing. And it probably had everything to do with her performance. Well, and she, uh, Dr. Lisa Genova, had so many interesting and encouraging things to say about Alzheimer's research, which really hits home because Idaho has a higher rate of Alzheimer's compared to a lot of other states. And I think uh, there's a few takeaways uh, that I had from that conversation. Number one, we need to give ourselves a break. Uh, It is very normal, uh, not only for the brain to forget, but we need to allow our brain to forget. Our brain resets every night based on what we experienced yesterday. The people we met, the conversations we had, this conversation, our brain is going to reset tonight. Um, So we need to give ourselves a break, but it is about what we choose to remember, too. And if indeed we're all going to, pardon me, but die someday and our our brain is going to deteriorate, uh, she talks about building neural pathways. In other words, we have some say in our brain health going forward and the possibility of pushing back against Alzheimer's. Yeah, I love that cognitive reserve. Is that what it was? Yeah, cognitive reserve, this idea that your memory, uh, you know, that you have only so much space and you kind of have to dump things. It made me think of how uh, my kids were the other day were recounting something that we had done together. I couldn't remember 
anything about the trip, but I could remember with precise detail the rest area on the way home. And I was like, why, brain? Why? You know, I don't remember so much of the fun things about this trip, but my brain's like, we better we better put that rest area in there and keep it forever. It's funny when we participate in these trivia contests, right? And we remember the the worst television show <laughs> in the world, or we remember some piece of music or something that is absolutely useless because it was pure crap. Um, but uh, we can't remember the scientific tables or, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, right, uh, the things that matter, certain dates in history. But it's all about not leaning back on what we have known. So she's not a big fan of people, who, for instance, who do crosswords because oh. we lean back. But if you're building neural pathways, new neural pathways. It's about meeting new people, having new conversations, conversations like this, going to new places, learning a new language, learning pickleball, you name it. But it's, uh, you know, building new neural pathways. And then our brain just says, oh, okay, well, here's a, here's a new highway. Here's a new avenue. And that's a good thing for our brain. Well, we'll throw that in the show notes so people can find it and check her out. Um, Let's move on to this other story you just did, George. It sounds like it's going to be a really big month for Boise stargazers. I'm such an amateur when it comes to stargazing, but I love it. Don't you? I do. I'm a total amateur. Like I... We did an episode recently with uh, our Hey Boise newsletter editor, Blake Hunter, and... uh, they asked, like, what about you? And I was like, I, I don't know anything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I know like a handful of constellations, Orion, you know, the Big Dipper, those sort of things. But I enjoy laying out and looking at the stars. But I feel like such an amateur. I don't know a single thing. But the super moon is so accessible, right? Yeah. And it was amazing. It was <laughs> so huge and beautiful. Yeah. Did you were you able to get out and see it? I did. So so my crazy hours, there's very few fringe <laughs> benefits. One of them is seeing a super moon. Um, mm-hmm. And it's full tilt. So, yeah, it was gorgeous all night and morning long. Um, so, yeah. So, number one, these it's called the Sturgeon Supermoon. You know why? Mm-mm, no. Um, it goes back to Indian lore. And that is, oh. for some reason, during certain supermoons, Native Americans around the Great Lakes, there were more, they counted more sturgeon, more fish in the Great Lakes during that mm. supermoon. Uh, I've, I found that fascinating. But uh, so we have this one this week. We have another one later this month. But the real surprise for me is that in between the supermoons, which is to say next weekend, we're going to see the highlight of a Perseid meteor shower. So when mm-hmm. the moons are out of the way and the skies are clear, we get this extra bonus. We get this wonderful meteor shower, again, that most of us can see from the naked eye. I used to have a cheap telescope as a kid. I don't have one now. I wish I did. I love people who do. But these are things you don't need a telescope for. And that's that's what's so great. And then we talked about eclipses. And I just I'm fascinated by all of this stuff. Are we going to be able to see any of the eclipses from Boise coming up? Yeah. So I started hearing about this total eclipse in 2024. This is going to be the number one news story across North America because a good amount of North America is going to be able to see a total eclipse of the sun. If you remember, what was it? 
three, four, five, six years ago, we we had a taste of it. Yeah, twenty seventeen, yeah. I think that was. Did were you did you get to see the totality when it was came through last time? <laughs> Some of it. I remember a lot of people traveling. And so what I've been hearing is about a lot of people making travel arrangements for next year, mm-hmm. going to Mazatlan. But the path we're not going to be able to see much of this. We'll see. We'll see some of it next year. The path is going to curl up through Texas, and then up to uh, the Midwest, and then across New York, and up to Toronto, et cetera. So we won't get to see that much. But when I was starting to do research on that, I found this "quote unquote" partial eclipse, which is going to happen this fall, which we are going to have a pretty good shot at seeing, and that is going to be this fall. Um, it's going to be. Saturday morning, October 14th, and we will be able to see it about 10.30 in the morning. Uh, and uh, Dr. Erwin Horowitz, who is my go-to guy for the cosmos, he's a great astronomer, had him on the show, and he said he was really interested in this one because it's going to look like uh sun has horns. <laughs> right? and, and, and it's like, what? It's like, oh, it's like okay. well, kind of like a horseshoe, kind of like horns. It's like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. You have my full attention. So we have that and uh, to look forward to in just a couple of months. So so a meteor shower next weekend, a couple of weeks later, another huge supermoon, a, a partial eclipse this fall, and then everyone's going to go gaga next year for this total eclipse. And I'm guessing a lot of people will travel to see that. Uh, I want to switch gears here and get into some local election stuff because, George, I know you were just at a campaign event for Mike Masterson. Yeah, it was just a couple of days ago. So goodness knows there's a lot of, you know, campaign events. This one struck my interest in a number of ways. Uh, Number one, I wanted to see how Mike Masterson handled himself at an event like this. Um, And by the way, he is... I think it's fair to say, and by the way, this is a bit of a compliment. He is not a polished candidate by any means. He came up to the podium. I think he spoke for less than a minute, less than a minute, and walked away. Now, you know, usually you take questions at a podium, right? I mean, because there were TV cameras, I had questions, et cetera. But he just walked away and, and uh, you know, just went over there. And, and the room was filled with his supporters. So I went over and talked to him, but I thought that that was interesting. So uh, here's the takeaway. He got the full endorsements from the unions representing the rank and file of the Boise Fire and Boise Police. Of course, that's hundreds of men and women. But in a state where unions really don't matter much, they really matter with rank and file with law enforcement. They are strong. Uh, uh, They get the vote out. Uh, They... uh, they're really good at uh, putting yard signs out and knocking doors, et cetera. Uh, should we be surprised that he got their support? Probably not. Uh, I, I bet you, by the way, having covered him when he was chief of police, I don't think the union ever would have imagined endorsing him when he was chief of police. Really? Why do you say that? I'm so curious. Well, it's 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 management and, and rank and file, right? Mm-hmm. You're never in love with the boss, your boss's boss, right? Um, because he answered to the mayor, right? So now that said, as citizen Mike Masterson, they're thinking, oh yeah, we want him. In other words, time heals all wounds, right? And now they they really look back at, you know, oh, yeah, he he's the guy. He's our guy. 
Now, uh, is that a formidable endorsement, couple of endorsements? Yes. Mayor McLean, she never would have gotten their endorsement, and, and her campaign knows that. But it opens up the conversation about public safety. And so I chased Mike Masterson to the corner, and I asked him the question. I said, Chief, I still call him Chief, much like I would call an ex-senator an ex-senator. So uh, I said, uh, well, it's a little more than a week ago that we had another fatal shooting in the city of Boise. And it's been almost a half a dozen times the Boise police have used lethal force. Is it your sense that Boise has become less safe? So he took a beat, took a pause, and his answer was mm, not necessarily, I don't know about less safe, but then he started opining about what he says an increase in graffiti. He thinks that's a, a telltale sign of things that are not healthy for a safety of a city. Uh, he talked about his own record on guns. And by the way, when he was chief, he did testify before the legislature. He was really against guns on campus at Boise State at the time, if you remember that debate. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, um, and then he quoted Gandhi. <laughs> he quoted Gandhi. So at the end of this, <laughs> you know, he was trying to compare himself to the to the mayor and the fact that, you know, she doesn't necessarily spend too much time, you know, with the real people, right? Out, you know, mm -hmm. talking to, to, to officers on the beat, et cetera. And he said, well, I, I always lean back to what Gandhi said. And I was like, okay, what's that? And he's like, well, you know, you take care of the means and the ends take care of themselves. And, you know, of course, that's pretty, that's a loose interpretation, but that's a, that's a little bit of a surprise, right? So uh, colorful, yes, I'm fascinated by this campaign. I think public safety, you know, a lot of people might think housing or maybe even the zoning code. I do think it's public safety. And the fact that we do have an ex-police chief is interesting because I don't think it favors either one of them. I mean, right? I mean, he's he's someone who wore a badge you know, most of his adult life. Um, and most people who have a problem with uh, public safety or the lack thereof uh, in the city may also have a problem with the way the Boise Police Department has conducted itself. And that, uh, it didn't just happen yesterday. It just didn't start a year ago. Uh, it includes much of Mike Masterson's tenure. So, it, you know, it's so, if, if one candidate starts pointing to another about muddy waters, it's like, well, hold on, guys. You know, both of these streams go to, this, go to the same source here. So I'm fascinated by that conversation. Yeah. I mean, you said like, uh, you know, time heals all wounds, but I'm wondering, does it? Because, you know, uh, he was, uh, Mike Masterson was chief when former Boise police captain Matthew Bringelson, who had ended up having ties to white supremacists, I mean, he was promoted to sergeant under Masterson. And I wonder, are people going to remember that? Are people going to, you know, he's talking about graffiti, but I think mm -hmm. for a lot of people, the worry right now is not so much public safety, but how the public is, quote unquote, being kept safe. <laughs> and, the, and the possible heavy hand, right? Yes. And yeah. by the way, will someone in this city please own Matt Bringelson? Will yes. someone Thank you. please yes. own this? Um, no, George, he's no, nobody, nobody <laughs> promoted him. Nobody knew he was racist. It's a mystery. Yeah. It's a mystery how he got to captain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I, I love that you're saying that because I completely agree with that. I also, 
I, I saw this quote in the Idaho press. I thought this was so interesting that the rep from the Fraternal Order of Police said they're looking forward to having, quote, having the support and respect of the mayor's office and city hall once again if Mike Masterson becomes mayor. What do you think they mean by that? Because I thought that was a really interesting quote. Well, I think it's fair to say that Lauren McLean has had her hands full with issues involving law enforcement and whether that includes... Ryan Lee's departure, Matt Bringleson's yeah. scandal, an investigation which uh, some people think cost too much money, but yet just as many people think it didn't go far enough. And even the people who conducted the investigation said, we didn't even begin to scratch the surface. And you have also the ousting of former director uh, of the Office of Police Accountability, Jesus uh, Yara, right. and the lawsuit. I mean, you're right. It's there's a lot of messy stuff happening. So a lot of these folks, and I'll just speak very plainly here, were not thrilled about the fact that there was an investigation, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, guys, what kind of relationship are you looking for? Are you looking for a relationship where you have a longer leash? Are you looking for a relationship uh, where you have more transparency? It's one thing to say, oh, we want a better relationship than what we have. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Do you mean that you need to be given more of a break or do you mean uh, that you know there ought to be more transparency? So I, I'm not surprised to hear that from FOP or from, from union members um, because when you do have the corner office, when you have when you're at the top of the org chart, uh, you've got to make a lot of tough decisions. And you know, Ryan Lee's departure, so interesting, because what we learned after his departure, would the mayor have asked him to leave if she had known about Matt Bringleson before mm -hmm. she asked Ryan Lee to leave? Because, you know, Ryan Lee was pushing back against a lot of that behavior. So, yeah, these waters are really muddy. Yeah, absolutely. And... We just also had the news that Mayor McLean will be choosing a replacement to fill former council president Holly Wooding's seat. And I can't help but notice that means half of our city council right now will be handpicked by the mayor. Yeah, exactly. And I know that a lot of people point uh, at that. That said, it's not her fault. <laughs> right? No, absolutely right? not. Right. Yeah. No, I, uh -uh. So uh, but she does get to choose. And that's mm -hmm. and that's the rule. Um, so these were fairly familiar names if anyone pays attention to uh, city politics. I don't think, uh, uh, I wasn't surprised at these three. As a matter of fact, I wasn't surprised at all of the folks who put their name in the hat. Uh, but they still have to run for office uh, within 60 days after that. So, um, <laughs> right, this seat is up for grabs in November, as are most seats. So voters can say what they want to say, but you know what? Then show up on Election Day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the three candidates, like you said, not a surprise. Names I think we've all kind of heard around for the last 10 years or so. Crispin uh, Gravat, Jeremy Guduino, and Meredith Stead, who, you know, we've seen around for quite a while. Um, any any thoughts, any any predictions on who you think McLean will pick? <laughs> I, I have one. I have one, George. I know you won't make one, but I think I know. Of course, I'll whisper I have. it to you when we're done. <laughs> I, of course, I have one, and there's no way I'm going to say it. <laughs> okay, yeah. we'll 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 share notes, and I bet we're both on the same page. Yeah, but I have we have to move on because uh, I feel like George, we have to address. 
the pink elephant in the room, mm. and that is, George, you still haven't seen Barbie. I haven't. Um, you still have not seen the Barbie movie. What is going on? George, do I need to show up at your house with some pink heels and, well, no, and no, throw no, no, you no. in the car? I mean, well, I, I, I could <laughs> see it, by the way, but I'm yeah. just choosing not to see it uh, unless I'm with you. Uh, oh, so. oh. I'm, well, I'm, I'll okay, be honest. Then. So, but now that last weekend, though, I did see Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh, you did. What did you think of Oppenheimer? It blew me away. I, I, so, uh, a few takeaways. Number one, it was better than my expectations. And there's very few films uh, that uh, surpass uh, such great reviews as Oppenheimer has received. So, it's a three-hour movie. I was stunned at how fast-paced the first two hours were. I was ready for a slog. It's really fast-paced, leading up to that ultimate moment of the, you know, the the atomic bomb, the the Manhattan Project test, which is heart-stopping, and you need the third hour just to uh, get your heart going again. <laughs> um, so, a cup, a, a, a few more takeaways. I I am certain that it will sweep the Oscars. And we're talking, I think we're talking Titanic numbers. Now, Titanic took 11 Oscars. Here's where Oppenheimer is better than Titanic, too. Not only technical and and the script and the direction and certainly best film, but what Oppenheimer has that Titanic did not have are a slew of phenomenal performances. Now, Hmm. you can take Leo and, and Kate Winslet and Titanic, but those weren't necessarily Oscar caliber performances. But in Oppenheimer, you could count at least six eligible Oscar caliber. And and they just ought to etch Emily Blunt's name on the best supporting actress right now and just mail it to her. <laughs> just mail it to her right now. <laughs> Killian Murphy, absolutely. Robert Downey Jr. is wonderful. So uh, anyway, it uh, it's fabulous and uh, I highly recommend it. And it's got to be required viewing. Oh, okay. Gosh. Here, I had been kind of thinking maybe it was getting more of a bump because, like, I had heard, I had, like, seen, you know, on Twitter and stuff, like, uh, guys being like, I'm not going to see Barbie. I'm only seeing Oppenheimer, you know, doing, like, a toxic masculinity thing. I mean, that's that's nonsense. (laughs) That's nonsense. Turning your man card, you know, because real men see Barbie. By the way, yes, you know, real men see Barbie. You know, I love it, it. You know, a Greta Gerwig's Barbie, and uh, yes. yeah, yeah. It, 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 everything I've heard is that it, it's a game changer. I also think Barbie will do incredibly well at the Oscars. I don't know how it wouldn't. I think absolutely everybody's raving about it. So you have. I mean, uh, we'll have ten Best Picture nominees. How could that possibly not be one of them? <laughs> and Best yeah. Actress. And I mean, everything I hear is that uh, this Ryan Gosling is phenomenal. He even has a song on the Billboard chart this week. Um, oh my gosh! I can I think it's called. I- oh yeah, my kid's been listening to it nonstop <laughs> in the shower. I what? swear, coming up and telling me, asking me how his Kennergy is, and I'm like, I think it's great. So it picture this. Great. Picture this: <laughs> Ryan Gosling singing that at the Oscars. Yes. Tell me. Yeah. Who wouldn't tune in to see that, <laughs> right? <laughs> I will be there. I will definitely. Uh, best song nominee. Has to be a best song nominee. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, as usual, I could talk movies with you all day. We have to go see Barbie. Let's make a date. You we got to figure that out. Um, 
Boise, if you have not yet sent us a photo of your dog, remember we are collecting them for our Dog Days of Boise series. And while you're at it, we're talking with a dog trainer soon, which uh, is actually the dog trainer we took our pup Bev to, Clever Paws. Uh, She's amazing. And if your pup has pesky behaviors that you want help with, send us your question and we'll try to get it answered. Email us at boise at citycast.fm.fm. And uh, she was so helpful. Uh, You're going to love her, Boise. So send us your questions. Um, George, this has been such a pleasure, and I can't wait to see you at Barbie. We're going soon. Love it. It's a date. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. The show is produced by Frankie Barnhill, Evelyn Avitia, Lizzie Goldsmith, AKL Mootman, and me, Emma Arnold. Blake Hunter writes our Hey Boise newsletter with help this week from Adrian Gonzalez, and our music is by Up Is The Down Is The. If you enjoyed our show today, leave us a review. It helps other people find us. We'll be back Monday with more stories from around the city. Bye.